Gadzooks! It seems you've found your way into my inventionarium. Well, allow me to show you around, but please don't disturb that red curtain in the corner over there. Here you can see my amazing, automated, steam-powered, triple-pronged back-scratcher. Ah, that does the trick. Now, moving on to my latest creation, the world's most delicious and convoluted coffee maker. Mmm, that hits the spot. Oh, please stay away from that curtain. No! Oh, Egads, you've spoiled my secret. I'm a bad guy. Duh! Hello, everybody. At last, it is time to talk about episode 17 of Avatar The Last Airbender. Nick Montagani here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, how's it going? What's going on? Uh, it's going pretty good and not much. <laughs> I asked you two questions. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Uh, I did expect you, you did this early on in the show, but this time it was me. I expected you to go into the old intro there uh, for a split second. It's always like hovering on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, yeah. I I could feel it that time. It's always like waiting to sneak out like, hey, did you forget that this isn't how we do this anymore? <laughs> Would you like to sneak back into your old familiar ways? And and my heart says yes, but but my brain says no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was weird. Uh, it was a weird moment there. <laughs> it's always a weird sensation, but uh, there's not going to be any fixing it until we get maybe further on in this podcast where we feel comfortable kind of leaning into what we're doing now. Into the new us. We're... <laughs> We're a ways into it now, I would think at this point, I would have forgotten about it. No, neither one of us can. (laughs) It's all I know. Uh, It's really the only thing that makes me feel alive. Uh, Hey, Brendan. Mm -hmm. Yes. What's, uh, what's, what's, you know, I don't have a lot planned for the top of the episode here. I think we're going to end up... (laughs) Probably just talking about Zelda a little bit more. Are you doing anything that's not Zelda? No. <laughs> Same. No, I haven't done anything that isn't Zelda for the past, what is it, two weeks now? It's been like, yeah, maybe 11, 12 days as of this recording. I would like to spend time going back to the Star Wars Jedi Survivor game that came out before Zelda did. Yep, yep. So I was having a really great time with that. You know, it's kind of more of the same of that. Um, but you start with a lot of the powers that you got in that game. And I was I was kind of enjoying where the story was going. And then Zelda came out and I just I just haven't touched it. Yep. Yep. They don't Metroid you in that. I might have asked you this already. This feels familiar, but they don't take away um, all your powers. They don't take away all your powers. They might take away. They do take away like your increased like health bar or like stamina or like force power stuff like that yeah a lot of the a lot of the powers that you had in that game you do still retain going into the second game which is nice yeah that's pretty cool um i don't mind when they do stuff like that it's kind of it kind of is good i wish more games actually would like let you keep everything you had going forward 
I think narratively it makes sense because, like, is a Jedi going to forget, like, all of the Jedi skills that he learned or, like, something? Is he going to get hit in the spine hard enough where, like, he forgets all the stuff that he learned how to do? Someone steals all his midi-chlorians. And so you have to to travel around to the dungeons on different planets and collect new midichlorians. There is a quantifiable reason why people are able to use the force. Yeah. (laughs) You can take that away and then they can't use the force anymore. Okay, so you know what? You've kind of explained a good way. If they wanted to, maybe in like the third game, just set you back to zero, Mm -hmm. there's a good explanation that you've just come up with here. Yeah. Yeah, they they could make it work. Uh, that's kind of all I had going on before Zelda. And now I'm just, <laughs> just like you are. I am fully in yeah. tears of the kingdom. I am crying in this kingdom. Oh yeah. So many tears, a lot of kingdom, almost too much kingdom. There's a lot of kingdom going on. That huh? underground area, man, it sucks. I, I would like to figure hate out it down there. <laughs> I would like to find a reason to like make it feel worthwhile to me but i don't i haven't found it and i don't know that it exists i've tried several times to like give it a fair shake um i've probably spent a good few hours down there in total now uh, and i just i i'm never enjoying myself <laughs> i'm like it's it's a constant resource drain um the resources you get from it are like really valuable but i just avoid using the things that need them because it's such a pain to get them. <laughs> like uh, the Zonite and the, the what is it? The Zonite charges, not the charges, but the energy cells ones. or something. Yeah, whatever the fuck those are. They give you more battery. Um, I have decided that instead of ever doing that, I'm just going to eat Zonite charges whenever I need more battery. This is something you and me have talked about is, is just the astronomical amount of work it takes yeah. to increase your battery by very small segments <clears throat> i watched a video on like the fastest way to increase your battery to the max uh and it's it's just a tip on like here's the best way to grind the game mm-hmm. uh and it sounds terrible and i don't want to fucking do it that's not what i'm here to that's you know i'm not Going to Zelda for that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't even grind for, like, cooking. If I don't have the stuff I need to cook, I'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sooner die. I'm just, yeah, I'm just like, well, I guess, I guess I'm not beating this boss this time. I'll do it again and hopefully take less damage next time. <laughs> I'll have slightly better armor and slightly better weapons. <laughs> not even, because I don't want to go grind the armor materials either. I'll just have... Hopefully more hearts so they can do as much damage, but I can absorb it. Yeah, maybe my parry timing will get a little better. Unlikely. Nope. I suck at parrying. There's a shrine uh, that is parry. A, there's a shrine that's a tutorial for parrying. And I fucked mm. it up like seven times in a row. And it's like so easy. It's like a very slow moving ball that comes at you. That the one where the little robots shoot balls yeah. at you and you have to knock them away. Yeah, I yeah. did the exact same one. There are a few struggled. of those. Um, I had to turn the camera sideways so that I could see it, like how close it was to me. Same. I had to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and even still, I didn't. it took me a while to really get the time yeah. down. I was like, this is not fun. Uh, I liked this in uh, Ocarina of Time and every other time they've done that. Like the tennis match with Ganon. I like that. Uh, I don't like parrying. Um, yeah, I, it's 
the combat in these two games, Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, have never really been a strong suit no. for me. No, I don't like the combat. It's just it's it just drains your weapons too fast. The weapons all break too fast. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that they break. I didn't like that at first, but now I'm like, ah, oh, you get enough of them, and you can power these ones up in pretty strong ways. So that's good. Um, right. But they break so goddamn fast. Like, I can't kill a single enemy with one sword. It always takes me, like, two swords to kill any one, like, high-tier enemy. And then I feel guilty about, like, oh, I should have not wasted this weapon, but there is no other way. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you could mess around with the physics stuff and, like, drop boxes on their heads, but that's... No time. A hassle, yeah. The only kind of thing along those lines is I've made heavy use of the recall ability for enemies that will like throw things at you that can be recalled in their direction. I, I do mm-hmm. use that as frequently as I can. I, I, I'll like go into battle against things and be like, D- do they have a thing where I can use this? Yeah. Um, so. Like the, the stone taluses you told me about those that. do it. The big, 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 bad moblins, those really big, beefy moblins. The, the Hinoxes. Uh, uh, the ones no. with the, the one eyes or the, the boss moblins? The boss moblins. Okay. I think though probably they probably both have some kind of features you could do something like that with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just, you know, an alternative to having to use these very destructible weapons. Yeah. Something I do like about the combat or the way that they handle enemies in this one is it doesn't do the thing the first one did where all the enemies just upgrade as you get stronger. So, like, you never feel strong because the enemies just keep getting stronger with you. This one doesn't do that. Um, so, like, if you find a camp of red moblins, they'll always be red moblins. But what this one does do that kind of sucks is it litters the the world with the black ones, which are, like, the tier three ones. The strongest, yeah, the fucking strongest ones. Yeah. Um, well, they're not the strongest ones, but they're close There's, to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's It's, on average, you're not going to find, like... The low tier no enemies uh, at all. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like as soon as you drop into the world and then start exploring in the places you want to, you're like, oh, everything's a one hit kill. Yep. Cool. I've started to notice a pattern, though, that makes me think they really wanted you to take a specific path in this one. Uh, and they mm-hmm. even early on when they tell you about like the four quests you're supposed to do, they give you them in a numbered order. They say first go to Rito village and oh, then go here. <laughs> like I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they straight up give you an ordered list. Uh, you don't have to do that, but uh, what I've noticed is that each area has like a, an enemy difficulty associated with it. Kind of like an MMO would or something, um, which I don't know. It kind of that, I, I feel like that's a conceit of not having the enemies level up with you, but at the same time, it kind of ruins like the you're free to do whatever you want whenever you want. It's like a it's a weird double edged sword kind of thing. You can do it, but it's not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> but you're going to have a bad time while you're doing it. Unless you just slam your head against this wall forever and ever mm-hmm. and ever. Or avoid everything, which is what I ended up doing. Um. Well, we'll uh, figure out, you know sort of how to progress through that game as we go along. You're 
already much, 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 much further into that game yes. than I am. I believe I'm in the end game now. Congratulations. Thank you. Go kill Ganon? I don't know. Question mark. Maybe. The Demon King? It's a Zelda game. We don't have to beat around the bush. I mean, people yeah. probably have a pretty strong idea of... I did I did get his you name deal with? at this point. Uh, well, that's great. We will uh, continue on our adventures through the Kingdom of Hyrule, but uh, we must first continue on our adventures through the Kingdom of Earth. Yeah. In uh, <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender, episode 17. Let's recap that episode right now. Let's do it. Yep, yep, yep. Episode 17 of Avatar The Last Airbender, titled The Northern Air Temple. Yes. It feels like we're getting closer here, Brendan. Northern Air Temple. Mm -hmm. Which one did we visit before? Was it the Southern Air Southern Temple? Southern okay. Air Temple. So that was not super far away from where they had started in the South Pole, nope. the Southern Water Tribe. So assuming, you know, that was pretty close to that, God willing, this Northern Air Temple is going to be pretty close to this Northern Water Tribe because we've been waiting so goddamn so long. long to get there. 17 episodes so far. <clears throat> the whole season. Yeah. So... It's insanity, and we know that there are only 20 episodes in the season, so it's really coming down to it. We gotta get to this this place. Yeah, they got they could still fuck around for the next three episodes. Or if they truly desired to, mm -hmm. they could do it. But uh, no, this episode will not be one where we will fuck around with anything. <laughs> Can you imagine if they spend the entire season trying to get there and then don't do it until the end of the 20th episode? And then the next or, season opens up after like a time skip. He's like, now I've learned waterbending. Let's go to the next place. We've had so much fun these last few months learning how to waterbend <laughs> together. Do you remember all the times? And then they start to do like a flashback and then don't actually do it. And and don't like, actually yeah, do I remember it. those times. It was really great. That was great. Now, goodbye. Now let's move on to the next thing, huh? <laughs> well, we'll uh, see how much actual water bending training they want to give us but we're, we're still not even there but we do feel when we talk about northern air temple it feels like we're getting closer to the goal yes we have to be we have to be close <laughs> we're in the vicinity god please tell me we're close <laughs> uh we'll find out the northern air temple november 4th 2005 previously on avatar uh, last time around, Aang tried his hand at firebending, mm -hmm. and uh, Katara paid the ultimate price. <laughs> yep, she died. She's gone. She was really great on this show, but, uh, you know, it, she was a necessary sacrifice for Aang to learn how to throw fire around. Yeah, it was for, for the greater good. I'm going to miss that necklace, I think. It was really crazy how he threw a bunch of fire at Katara and it specifically hit her in the necklace mm -hmm. before it hit anywhere else and kind of burned up her necklace. Yeah. Um, which caused her not to actually get burnt herself, but it kind of melted the necklace like really tightly around her neck and then she suffocated. That was really fucked up. Yeah. Yep. I can't believe they did that. 
it's weird that they did it in a little graphic for a kid's show, but like they were teasing that necklace all season long and finally like paid it off in a huge way. It had to do something at some point. Yeah. So I think they kind of gave it the respect it deserved and Katara got an honorable death. Yeah. Good for her. Just barely, (laughs) barely choking out the words. This is good, Aang. I'm glad you can throw fire. I can't breathe, though, so <laughs> goodbye. Bye. It's been it's been real. <laughs> and Sokka was really cool with it. I don't know. Yeah, it was a weird episode. He actually seemed pretty excited about it. He was like, yes, fine. Okay, cool. Finally. Now, time. now I'm the star. <laughs> I'm the waterbender now. Well, no, that's not how that works. Shut up. He just absorbs her waterbending powers. Like, that is Borderlands yeah. 3. That is how it works, you know, kind of like how when one avatar dies, the next avatar is born, you know, being the avatar. Mm -hmm. When one waterbender dies, kind of whoever's standing closest to them absorbs their powers. That is a canonical thing that we haven't really talked about to this point on the show. Yeah, well, it hadn't come up really until now. But now we kind of, are you kind of feeling more comfortable with like the rules of this world? I think so, yeah. Maybe not comfortable, but like aware. Yeah, fact, yeah. I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable yeah. with the way that all shook out. Yeah, no, that's actually fair. Yeah. Um, I feel like I understand a bit more. Okay, good, good. Well, with that understanding, let's move forward with another recap, huh? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Well, with all of those canonical things being canonical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aang, Katara, and Sokka are sitting with a small group of people listening to a storyteller. Yeah. He's speaking of a mystical group of air-walking men. The Skywalkers, they call them. Yeah, somebody walks up to them and says, Who are you? <laughs> oh, Christ. I'm Aang. Aang <laughs> Skywalker. Aang Vader. Wait, no. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, Aang loves hearing these old airbender stories. Uh, the man telling the story says that the airwalkers laugh at gravity and Aang's like, I do that all the time. <laughs> gravity. <laughs> I thought it was going to go into a bit where then he asks, what's gravity? This says nothing to me. They don't teach this yeah. in airbender schools. We don't need to know it. That would have been a good bit. No, he mocks gravity openly. <laughs> Which will Um, be his downfall. (laughs) (laughs) The gravity will come back with a big bad vengeance. That's the lesson of this episode. (laughs) He just gets crushed. He goes to the moon and then, oh no, I guess that wouldn't make sense. A different place (laughs) where gravity's heavy. Like Jupiter. (laughs) Uh, Well, he does get much stupider by the end of the episode. Oh. Bazinga. (laughs) Uh, The storyteller comes around with his hat in his hand. Uh, Sokka digs into his pockets, and all he has in his pockets are a beetle and a worm. Mm -hmm. Why has he got those in his pocket? What was he saving those for? (laughs) Those are snacks for later. (laughs) Well, you never know. Maybe those are like Momo treats. Momo would be into that. That's true, yeah. Maybe they are. Maybe he's trying to, he's got to get one friend on this crew. I got, yeah, no other allies. (laughs) So Maybe I can buy Momo's respect. (laughs) Momo, love me. I'll feed you disgusting creatures. <laughs> you disgusting creature. Um, a coin falls out of the hat 
while the storyteller isn't looking. And actually, Momo picks it up and puts it back in the hat. Mm -hmm. And the guy thinks that Momo paid him. Yeah, and Momo just fucking rolls with it. It's like, yeah, I did. Yeah, hell yeah. You're welcome. Go me. (laughs) I have money. I'm a monkey. (laughs) Fucking stolen valor. (laughs) It's bullshit. Somebody else saw it happen. The person who actually put that specific coin in. Hey! (laughs) Wasn't that damn monkey? Well, no way to prove it. Yeah. And who are you going to believe? Some guy or Momo? Or Momo. Charisma. Uh, Aang thanks the storyteller for telling all these stories about airbenders and says it must have been a hundred years ago that your great-grandfather saw the airbenders. And the storyteller's like, well, first of all, Great-grandpappy is still alive. He's sitting right over there. It's very rude of you to assume that he has passed. <laughs> Why wasn't he telling the story then? He kind of... <laughs> Grandpappy didn't seem like he was totally with it. <laughs> to be honest, he seemed like maybe he would not have made it through a whole story. He might have just kind of slumbered off in the middle of it. I think I would have rather have heard him tell it. It could have got real crazy. <laughs> That's kind of ended up being like a little racist towards the end of it. <laughs> Maybe but that's why he didn't let him tell it. <laughs> yeah, don't let Grandpappy get into it. You do not hear what he has to say. No, 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 no. I've I've edited this story heavily <laughs> from the way he tells it. It did come from him, but you don't want to hear some of the things he kind of, some of the remarks, some slurs that I didn't even know were slurs. <laughs> Which was very embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, great grandpappy. He, he saw these air walkers last week, he says. Yeah, there's airbenders about. There is a tiny sliver of hope now that there is some airbenders about. Mm-hmm. So with this, Aang wastes no time taking Appa straight for the Northern Air Temple. Mm-hmm. Again. Seems like we're getting close. Plus, like the area around, it's it's there's like a lot of snow around here, so it must be cold. Yeah, it's starting to get chillier. Gotta be getting damn close to this place, huh? <laughs> I hope so. Just want to see some water benders for the love of God. <laughs> Tired of these Earth Kingdom people. Most Splash. of them don't even bend. No, they're just around. Yeah. And even the ones who do bend, some of them are mean. Mm-hmm. Just want everybody to be nice. And they just dig ditches. I think the last time we saw somebody earthbend, they were digging a ditch. Just making a big ass trench. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you can do with these powers? Yeah, well, I, you know what? I don't want to know. I wanna I wanna look at some water stuff. Yeah. Earthbending's next time. Yeah, we'll get to that in another season, not this one. <laughs> Stay in your lane. We have a goal, and it's not to throw rocks. Uh, there, yes, seemingly there could be some airbenders at this temple. Uh, Katara wants to believe, but Sokka knows there's just no way. Mm -hmm. Um, Aang says that the Northern Air Temple used to host the championships for Sky Bison Polo. Oh my God. How does that work? It's kind of confusing thinking about like the different types of polo that there are. I'm not really sure how you would pull that off in the air. Yeah, the ball would have to float. And I don't is there one other like is like is the referee constantly hovering the ball? And then you have to trust them not to cheat for like one team or the other. 
it could be fixed. Yeah, the whole thing. Somebody's bought out the referee for Sky Bison. Polo. Yeah, they're just controlling the ball entirely. These fucking air nomads love sports. Huh? They do. Yeah, more than anyone else, it seems. We've seen no sports from anyone else but air nomads. They've got this. They've got air ball, the aptly named air ball. <laughs> yeah. They just love playing sports. Yeah, good for them. They, they don't have much else going on. They just hang out in their temple all day. They just love to have fun, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, the temple comes into view, and it is a very similar design to the southern air temple we saw before. Uh, it's tall spires sort of built into the top of a mountain. Uh, but as we approach it, it's noticeably dirtier and has trails of smoke pouring out of it. Mm-hmm. They're blazing up in there. Yeah, these airbenders are having a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, most interestingly, though, there are little figures soaring around through the air outside of the temple. Could this could this be? That must be. That's the only people who can do that. Is Aang going to meet some of his kin? Yeah, I think so. Seeming that way, Aang is lighting up at the prospect of uh, more airbenders being out there, but he studies these flying people a little closer, and his smile sinks into a frown, and he says, those are not airbenders. Nope. Psych. Psych, they all say in unison. (laughs) Got you. (laughs) Got you, motherfucker, they all say in unison. Uh, He says they're not really flying. They're just gliding. Mm Mm-hmm. They're falling with style. I could do that. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes. What these people are doing, mostly I could I could do if I had any courage. Yeah. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they might have courage, but Aang says they have no spirit is Ooh. how he describes them. He does. Yep. He says that a lot in this episode. It's a common refrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, just then, one of the gliding people buzzes right over the top of Appa, and it's a young boy in a wheelchair mm-hmm. with a hang glider mounted onto the top of it. Seems rad. That looks. That seems fun as shit. It's cool as hell. Yeah. This young boy lets out a very specific laugh that he will do about four or five more times in this scene. Did you pick up on that? <laughs> yeah. I love shit like that. <laughs> it's like they recorded one good laugh and then a bunch of really bad ones. And the producers are like, uh, what do we do? Yeah. Uh, we couldn't get this fucking voice actor. This kid we got from the street. Couldn't get him to laugh on cue. I'm going to try to do my impression of the laugh. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm going to insert it in the audio. And I think you're going to be surprised how well it lines up. <laughs> I know it very well because it happened many times. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I know. I love when they do this shit, too. Uh, he flies by and kind of gives Aang a look like, hey, look how much more fun I'm having than you are. Yeah, you look like a little sourpuss down there. You need this bison to fly around. I can just kind of do things on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aang says, let's show this kid how the big dogs fly. And he leaps off of Appa, glider in hand. Uh, meanwhile, some more hang gliders surround Appa, and Sokka and Katara have to land him at the temple. 
Uh, some other kids at the temple are shouting, Go Teo! to this boy. Yeah, Teo! Teo and Aang enter some sort of fly-off. Yeah, yep, like a dance-off, but with just with gliding around, really. Who's got the sickest moves in the air. <laughs> um, they're pretty much in lockstep with each other, though, as they're flying around. Any loop that one can do, the other can do seemingly just as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teo says to Aang, hey, you're pretty good. And Aang t- says, tell me something I don't know, you fucking imposter. <laughs> I've been working on this for over a hundred years. I invented this shit. <laughs> he does show off a little something that he did invent. He runs along the wall of the temple, tosses his glider out, and then forms an air scooter beneath him and rides the wall sideways. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I love the air scooter. It's a great move. Maybe my we don't favorite. get it as much as we should. Yeah. Even better that Aang is the inventor of it, so like every time he does it, he kind of like winks at people like, hey, <laughs> this like is it? all me, baby. You like this? Yeah. <laughs> no one else on this planet can do this but me. I think if I could do that, I would do it constantly. Just always be on it. I would just always be on it, yeah. Like sitting at your computer, you don't even have a computer chair. It's like an exercise ball situation. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you would try to keep that up as much as possible. I agree with that. Um, Yeah, Aang does all of this. Teo says, uh, you're good, but I'm better. (laughs) Star Fox reference. Yep, yep. (laughs) You know. Just had to make that very clear. (laughs) (laughs) That's for you kids at home. (laughs) He says, let's see how you handle our new ships. He doesn't say that. Uh, He uncorks a little jar beneath his chair and does some loop-de-loops high up in the air uh, and puts the final touches on some sky writing, revealing a very unflattering portrait of Aang with a big frown on his stupid face and humongous ears. He's fucking got him. roasted his ass. Hey, this is what you look like, you little dork. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) All my friends are going to laugh at you. (laughs) It does cut to Aang, who is basically making this exact face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is pretty good. Teo asks, what do you think? And Aang's like, hey, you made it personal. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, there there was no need for that. We were having fun. You took it too far, Teo. I don't think our relationship is going to blossom. I'm going home. This is not the experience I uh, was hoping for when I came to this temple. <laughs> and Teo says, well, just wait, it gets worse. It's only going to get worse, my guy. You're going to be <laughs> very disappointed in short time. <laughs> wait till you meet my dad. He's a freak. <laughs> Uh, They land at the temple. Teo pulls the brakes and does a rad 180 spin on his wheelchair. Yep. You got to give props to the writers for taking Teo's disability and then letting him do like the coolest, most badass stunts that anyone has ever done on the show. Yeah, he doesn't (laughs) fuck around that guy. This kid's awesome. And he's not even a bender. No, no. He's just, you know, naturally gifted. He's been working on this for a while. Yeah. But he's got it all down. Some other kids rush in to remove his glider. 
Uh, he realizes that Aang is an airbender and the Avatar and is so excited to meet him. Yeah, but he doesn't apologize for being an asshole. He doesn't apologize for being an asshole, but he is like very excited to meet, genuinely excited to meet yeah. the Avatar. He's like, I was an asshole to the Avatar. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is cool. I'm rad. <laughs> I'm going to tell this story to everyone. So not only is Teo like the coolest kid for that exact reason, but he's also like extremely happy and like the most polite kid in other situations, like the rest of conversations he has in this yeah. episode. Yep. He's so nice to everyone. <laughs> What's the deal with Teo? He's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teo's great. We love him. Uh, Sokka is blown away by the design of his glider chair, and Teo says, wait till you see what else my dad designed. Oh shit. He's just casually dropping that. We'll get there, Sokka. How did you know my name? Don't worry about it. My dad is very good. <laughs> my dad foresaw all of this, you see. <laughs> uh, he takes them inside of the temple, and inside this temple, it is Aang's worst nightmare yeah it's kind of brutal <laughs> it is an absolute disaster for any airbender uh inside the temple it is just a soot covered network of pipes and valves and mechanical wheels running in and around and through the statues and murals of the airbenders that were here previously. Yeah, there's one. One of the murals has an airbender and the pipe goes right through his head. It looks like it's impaling. Yeah. Just absolutely brutal. Tearing apart through what was here before. They just no did not respect. give a shit about this place. <laughs> no, no. Fuck it. Progress for progress's sake. Fuck who else came before. <laughs> Hey, should we try to preserve any of these, considering mm. that every airbender in the world is dead now? No. <laughs> Who's going to no. miss it, right? <laughs> we need hot air running to the uh, courtyard so the kids can fly. So the kids can fly around. <laughs> that's the only, that's more important than history. Mm -hmm. um, Aang looks around this room with like the biggest sad eyes you've ever seen. Uh, he says, this place is unbelievable, but he means it in like a bad way. Yeah, I kind of liked I kind of liked that delivery for that. He says, it's unbelievable. And the guy says, yeah, it's great, right? <laughs> he goes, no, it's unbelievable. No, just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it sucks. And I can't believe what I'm looking at right now. Tao. <laughs> this is fucked. And I'm about to murder everyone here. <laughs> you guys are out of here. This is my home. Uh, Katara tries to tell Teo that Aang is just shocked that it's so different. Mm -hmm. Sokka insensitively blurts out, yeah, so better. Yep. This is Sokka's dream. Yeah. Apparently he loves, like, mechanical shit. He's, you know, he's got an inquisitive mind. Mm-hmm. He's always coming up with new little gizmos and mechanisms to get his way out of a situation as a non-bender you know he's got to put that mind to work yeah i wonder if that will become a bigger part of his character going forward i sure hope so maybe this is the genesis of uh more of a sort of Sokka uh invention mega mind run he becomes like the q of their uh of their group yeah like the q anon right no 
No. <laughs> Either way is going to be fine. Um, yeah, Aang looks at a mural depicting the history of the airbenders. Just like you said, there are fucking pipes like running through the airbenders themselves. It's, it's horrifying. terrible, yeah. Uh, he walks up to a very ornate statue of a sky bison that is sitting in a fountain that is spewing like this green bubbling acid. Mm-hmm. And he stares the bison statue in the face and a puff of smoke billows out of his mouth. Why did they have to put like an exhaust pipe in the mouth of the statue? For the th- for the, the vibes. For comedic effect. Yeah, they're like, oh, we, we, we got to put this somewhere. So we might as well like, let's use that statue. That'll be cool. Every time someone walks by it, they go, that's great. That inventor, I tell you. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that. Fuck the awesome. air nomads. <laughs> I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> as long as we can have this. This is better. <laughs> uh, Aang needs to get away from all this machinery, and they go to a tower that seems like a old kind of like dorm building or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has not been touched at all. Uh, and Aang and Katara are looking on at a statue of an old bear- airbender when a voice rings out saying, Look out! Suddenly and violently, a wrecking ball swings through the other side of the statue's head, just yeah. completely obliterating it. In in very brutal fashion. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> they are, yeah. Very violently and rec- recklessly, like, taking out every little piece of airbender history in this temple. Yeah, it seems, like, almost maliciously, too. Like, the excuse like that doing he it gives, on yeah. They had an agenda when they came here. <laughs> this was always the plan. <laughs> I was seeking out a home, specifically one that I could destroy. <laughs> There's a huge hole in the wall, and in steps a wild man uh, wearing a big white apron, and he has crazy Dr. Wily hair and huge spectacles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's chunks missing from his eyebrows, too. This guy is, like, clearly insane. Yeah, the mad inventor character, the archetype, just <laughs> to the T. Here he is. Welcome to the show, my man. <laughs> Um, he proclaims, what the doodle? Ah, got him. Real Ned Flanders type. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's, he kind of goes in a religious direction. It's yeah, funny. yeah, he starts. You to. would think that someone so religious would not want to destroy the uh, sort of historical artifacts in here. But, you well, know, it's not his progress religion. Progress. This is true. So he needs uh, to fuck. take down all these hedonistic symbols and replace them with the the real one true God, our Lord fuck and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just replaces. He just takes all the statues that remain and just puts big crosses on them. <laughs> Don't you know enough to stay away from construction sites? We have to make room for the bathhouse. Do you know what you did? You just destroyed something sacred for a stupid bathhouse. Well, people around here are starting to stink. This whole place stinks. This place is garbage and you're the garbage man. (laughs) It's time to take out the trash. Yeah, and then he starts killing. And then the blood is on Aang's hands. 
He uh, swings his staff and sends their wrecking ball careening off the side of the mountain. Somebody was in there. Oh, God. Oh, God. It wasn't yet. It wasn't an unmanned machine. (laughs) Aang says, I know. (laughs) Uh, Aang demands they stop destroying this temple and says, I was here when the monks were here. The man says, the monks? But you're only 12. Yeah, how does he know that? He's just very good at gauging people are people's so age. so good at sizing up people's ages in this <laughs> yeah. world. This happens all the time. Yeah, he's like, you're 12, you're 12 years, mm, I would say like four months and <laughs> 15 days. <laughs> A couple hours, you know, maybe three, four hours. <laughs> Definitely like 42 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Seconds, I, I can't quite drill down into seconds. No, I'm not, I'm not insane. <laughs> no, that would not, it's unheard of. It's unreasonable to expect. <laughs> No, he's got Aang pegged for 12 somehow. <laughs> um, Teo tells him that Aang is the Avatar, and Aang demands some answers as for what's going on around here. Yeah. Explain yourself, crazy man. Before I murder you. Before it's all over. The crazy man, who is uh, known... They never refer to him as this, Brendan, but he is canonically known as... The Mechanist. Oh, okay. Doesn't actually even have a name. Wow. Hmm. It's kind of fun. Is that how he's listed in the credits for the episode? I don't know about the credits, but definitely like on the wiki and any pages I tried to look up trying to find out this guy's name. It's just The Mechanist. Okay, sure. So we're going to roll with that, if that's fine with you. Yeah, sounds good. It's better than just... Teo's dad. Guy, Teo's dad, the crazy guy. <laughs> he explains that a long time ago, his people became refugees after a terrible flood in their home. God damn, there's a lot of refugees in this world, huh? Yeah. They're going to run out of places to go to. Seems like if you're not a soldier, you are a refugee. That could be it. Seemingly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Fire Nation just keeps moving everyone around. We can't let them yeah, settle from, down. We got to we got to keep them moving so that they can't put down roots and fight back. No. Yeah. Keep them unsettled. And that's how we'll win this war. Um, Teo lost the use of his legs in this attack. And also his mother died in this attack. Uh, the mechanist was looking for a new home and somehow stumbled into the northern air temple and was enraptured by the pictures of. Flying people all over the walls. So he did what any reasonable person would do and destroyed them all. <laughs> and, and got rid of them. I mean, I can't believe what I'm seeing, so it must go. <laughs> if I can't have it, no one can. <laughs> no, it's, it's not for anyone. It'll be in my memory only. <laughs> uh, he spreads his arms and runs around like he's flying. This guy is definitely a bit of a fruitcake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He found the airbender's gliders in here, and they inspired him to build his son's glider so he could live a life in the sky, he says. which is actually kind of sweet. It is nice. It's a nice message. He's looking out for his son, trying to give him a better life. He says, you know, we were just improving on what's already here, just like nature does. Ooh, does nature do that? Um... In some cases, perhaps. I guess it really depends on your definition of improving. Uh, and your definition of nature. Yes. <laughs> Even Aang kind of 
hits him with that in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Sokka and Katara are moved to tears, but Aang is not quite there. He's like, nature knows when to stop doing all this shit. You mm-hmm. have gotten way too far. Fuck my guy. Look what you Slow did. It down. <laughs> we had a pretty nice thing going here, Mr. Mechanist. <laughs> if I may call you that. If, if that is your Christian name. He is Christian. We've already yeah, established, we've established that. that. Yeah, that's devout. <laughs> yeah. He kind of realizes Aang is right. He's, yeah, he's like, you know what? This is a little bit whack. I'm sorry, Avatar. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But once you leave, I'm, I'm going to go back to doing it, though. <laughs> you destroy fucking everything. I hope I find somebody alive in here so I can torture them. <laughs> this whole thing, though, is another... Like, one of these things that the show does is a very true-to-life like situation of actual war in this mm-hmm. world where like constantly in wars or periods of like imperialism in the actual world throughout history, like cultural sites get damaged without oh, yeah. people like seemingly caring or even noticing that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucked up. It sucks. It sucks really bad. And then like, People steal, like, actual sacred artifacts, like the fucking Hobby Lobby people who stole, like, old ancient things that got, like, plundered from Iraq during the war that were, like, very important, like, religious things. Yeah. It's fucked up. This kind of shit happens in this world all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, you know, so we're having some fun with it here with this wacky dude. (laughs) Yeah. We make we make war crimes fun. <laughs> Isn't that fun, kids? Go ask your parents about it, and you'll all share a good laugh. Um, the mechanist says, "Oh, look at the time," and points at a candle that is ribbed for her pleasure. Is how I like to describe it. <laughs> yep, that's true. Uh, Sokka takes an immediate interest in this candle, which has spark powder in it that flashes to tell you what hour it is, uh, which seems inefficient. Can't they just have, like, a fucking actual clock? Or just, like, look at the sun? There are other options than this. There are plenty of ways to tell the time. But no, this guy has to make it the most convoluted way of all so people can think he's very impressive. Sokka is bought in. Uh, He says it's currently... For O Candle and Sokka laughs harder than he ever has before. Yeah. Yep. Real zinger, that one. Kindred spirits, Sokka and this lunatic. They really are. Yeah. They get along swimmingly. (laughs) Uh, The mechanist knows he's got him hooked now, though, and he's like, hey, you know, it's even better than that. Look at my severed fingers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I kind of like that bit. It is pretty good. He reveals that he accidentally cut off three of his fingers and replaced them with wood. Sokka is maybe a little less interested in that than he was with the candle. Yeah. Yeah. He's not super stoked on that one. Thank you for showing me and sharing your truth. But like, this is kind of not, I'd like to see like what else, what like fun, cool things like wacky (laughs) kind of Willy Wonka inventions, not like this horrible maiming that you've done on yourself. Not your disfigurement. So please show me what else you have around here. Um, And sure enough, they run off to go view some more of the mechanists 
contraptions. Uh, while Teo leads Aang and Katara through the temple, uh, they find a little cute little crab thing running around. Yeah, I like this little guy. Just a little thing scuttling about. Uh, and they say it's likely lived here for centuries, which helps cheer Aang up a little bit to know that, you know, some things that were here before may still be surviving. Yeah, life finds a way. It does find a way. It's found a way after all these years in this temple. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the only thing that's found its way to the future that Aang is living in here. They're in the one place that has not changed in this temple at all. And yes, Brendan, that's right. It is, yet again, another one of these big-ass airbending doors. Yeah, and he talks about how only airbenders can open it, which we knew. Um, But then I started thinking, they've got a big wrecking ball. Like, is there anything stopping them from just knocking the door down? Absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't like, okay, is it magic or something? Is there any reason they couldn't get in there if they wanted to? Perhaps there is some sort of magical seal on it, but that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like at the end of a long enclosed hallway, so they would have to also kind of destroy the hallway. They would have, yeah, they'd have to tunnel their way into the building to get to it. <laughs> Just <laughs> the mechanist is like, no, we're doing this. I need to we're, see what's in that room. You're getting through this door. I feel it. There's statues in there that need to be destroyed. <laughs> that need to go so I can put my uh, evil machinery that helps my enemies. Ooh, spoilers. Oh, no. He did find his way there. You know what? We'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, to my knowledge, this might be the last bending door that we get on this show. So really cherish it while you still can. Oh, really? That's kind of a bummer. To, I don't know that there are any other like big bending doors. They couldn't work out how the mechanism for an earth bending door would work. <laughs> That's just a, a it's stone just, wall. It's a slab. Yeah, they just lower it into the ground. That just, it's too simple, too easy. What about a water bending door? Just a waterfall, like a raging waterfall? In my mind, I'm picturing, and I don't know why, because this is not even water, but I'm picturing, you know, how like at a restaurant in the 1990s. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) You might not. But I'm going to continue anyway. All right. They have the little thing that you spin around that has the little coin that you have to drop on yep. the little thingies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that what you were? Th- that, that is exactly thinking? what I was thinking. Yep. I don't even think those are water. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure. I've seen one of the uh, some of those that are dry. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing in it and people are still trying to drop coins in and land them on those little plastic like platforms. I was like, I don't think this works if there's nothing in it. Also, I don't think you ever actually, because it was the promise of some sort of prize. It was usually like, I, I would see them at like a Taco Bell or whatever. Taco Bell is exactly like a what taco. I was thinking as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I did it and like didn't get a taco. What the fuck? I'd be pissed. Yeah, but if you're like some 17-year-old working at Taco Bell, you're going to tell the little nine-year-old doing the coin game to just go fuck off. Yeah, I guess so. I don't have time for this, little kid. <laughs> I'm not making any money, and you're wasting money that you could have given me trying to land it on this little platform. <laughs> These it's, tacos come out of my salary. Yep. <laughs> they, they make him pay for them. 
<laughs> it was a scam mm-hmm. the entire time. Oh, yeah. I'm actually, like, really thinking about it now. Okay. And, like, the way that it would work. It'd be mm. so difficult to actually land that. It's not, It was it. never easy. No. Well, because when you spin the platforms, it's moving the, the liquid around inside. Which is going to pull on the coin. Am I confusing us in in using this as an analogy for a water bending door? Because even now that I think about it, I really don't think there was ever water in those things. There was water in some of them. I I've, a lot more that I saw didn't have water, mm-hmm. but I have. They're supposed to, and I have seen it. Okay. Um, I think though a better, not a better door, but an alternative door would be like one of those hand boilers. You know what I mean? It's like a little glass, two glass bulbs on the opposite end of like a glass, like straw that has like a Mm -hmm. curly in it. And you, if you hold the, the liquid, it boils up into the top. Sure. I think something like that. And you've got to bend the water up to the top and then it like flips over and unlocks the door. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I well, I'm sorry then that I have already told you I don't think any such doors exist for Bummer. the rest of the show. That's all right. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm, I'm still <laughs> willing to be wrong. There is time. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But here we are at another airbending door. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> good. Glad to be back. I feel like I'm home. Uh, Teo kind of looks at Aang like, eh. Uh? You want to, you know, take a little peek inside, see what we got going on in there? Maybe we should. Might speed things up a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could fuck around for another, like, seven or eight minutes, or we could just, you know, kind (laughs) of advance the plot. You know, whatever you think. Do you feel it, Avatar? (laughs) The plot's in there. (laughs) It's time to move forward, Aang. (laughs) No, Aang will not do it. He says, if this is the only thing that's left unchanged in this temple, I would prefer for it to stay that way. Mm -hmm. Teo graciously accepts this from Aang. Again, what a great kid Teo is. He's (laughs) He's so cool. He's just awesome. He's just so awesome and polite. (laughs) Love him. Uh, The mechanist leads Sokka down a dark tunnel... They're kind of going underground. It seems like there's like coffins in the wall. Are they in like some sort of fucking crypt? It could be. Yeah, I imagine if you're if your civilization is on top of a mountain, it's not that easy to bury people. So they, they might are just, airbenders. Yeah, so they might so. just keep a crypt. That's entirely possible. It looks like that's where they are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're using lanterns that are filled with fireflies. Mm-hmm. Very inefficient. Not really, yeah, ideal, but the mechanist explains they're non-flammable, mm-hmm. which is why they're using them, uh, leads him to a door that is all sealed off and packed tight sort of around the edges of the door, mm-hmm. which for me, Brendan, is a great excuse for me to say the word cock. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of cock around the doors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to throw throw that out one time? Yeah, they really cocked that door. Hell yeah. And we're not even being dirty. Nope. We're That's just what it's called. Doing a little home improvement. <laughs> it's fun. You can have words 
fun with words that sound like other words. Try it at <laughs> home, kids. Um, he says that behind this door, it is filled with natural gas. And the last time he came down here, he had a torch on him and nearly blew himself up and the fucking entire place. How did he not, if there's that much gas in there? If there's enough gas for everything to explode. I even have questions about that with things that happen later on in mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. Uh, it is funny, though. He says, I thought my eyebrows would never grow back while the camera pans up to reveal that his eyebrows kind of really never did actually grow back. They only partially grew back. No, he's looking good. He's looking really good. <laughs> maybe they, they did grow back better than ever before. Maybe he shaves them like that. It's a stylistic choice. It seems very uniform. Yeah. Teo kind of told him one day, hey, dad, you look really cool with those eyebrows. And now he just always does it. Now he has to impress Teo. <laughs> My son loves it. I'm his hero. This <laughs> is just who I am now. Um, he says they get gas leaks all the time, but they are impossible to locate because you can't see or smell the gas. So this whole place is just a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to keep tearing shit down and building mm-hmm. building with metal. Having these weird candle clocks instead of like mechanical clocks. Yeah. Actually, that's a great that point. <laughs> have actual open flames on them. Yep, yep. If it's that big a concern, there are more efficient ways you could be running this place. Oh, man. Uh, but he's a freak, and he's going to make freak choices. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Uh, I do like how Sokka has like already kind of become this guy's apprentice. Yeah, they're best friends now. He wants to know everything that the mechanist is willing to teach him, and the mechanist is like, finally, I've been waiting for <laughs> anyone to listen to what I have to say. Teo has no interest in this. He just flies around all day. He's just a fly boy, and I need a... Smart boy. <laughs> My son is very dumb. Uh, Teo is going to teach Katara how to use a glider, which, you know, Aang could have done this really at any point. I'm literally, just saying. Yeah, literally at any point. Yeah. Except, well, here she wouldn't need Aang to bend air for her to do it. Well, I, I wonder if she were to grab onto Aang's glider and just jump off like a big cliff. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, it would probably glide, but she's going to fly around. That's true. So this is kind of her first big chance, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, Teo showing Aang up a little bit here. I yeah, think. he keeps doing that. As much as I like the kid, but he's, you know, got a little self-confidence, which is also endearing to me. Which is the key. Mm-hmm. That's why we're enraptured with this <laughs> young boy. <laughs> Something I love to say. <laughs> um, there is, uh, Teo says there's a special something inside of her that will keep her flying. And Aang says, it's spirit. Mm-hmm. He loves Again. that. He's really on a spirit kick this week. He says, as airbenders, we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you, Katara? <laughs> and she does a series of claps in response. Yeah. And then somebody throws a softball. I don't know. Um, Katara nervously leaps off the tower and plummets to her death. She's yep. she's gone. Again, yeah. Second episode in a row. That Katara has died. It was weird <clears throat> that they revived her 
at the beginning of this episode just for to hurt them to let her go again. Yeah, yeah. They're doing a, a Kenny thing. Uh, you killed Katara. You bastards. You bastard. <laughs> uh, I wished <laughs> they actually did something like that on this show. That would be great. <laughs> Uh, no, she catches the wind with her glider, and Katara is flying. Ooh. Well, gliding. You know, close enough. (laughs) She's getting where she needs to go. So long, Appa. We don't need you anymore, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Friendship with Appa is ended. What good is he, you know, if they can all do it on their own? Yeah. Fuck him, is what I say. I would never say that about Appa. Of course not. (laughs) Uh, Aang tells her to keep her mouth closed as she's flying so she doesn't swallow a bug. Naturally, Momo flies right next to her and opens his mouth so that he specifically can swallow a bug. Yeah, he knows what's up. He says, oh, I've never thought of that before. Let me give it a try. (laughs) My food intake has quadrupled now. Thank you, Aang. He's just like a whale flying around in the sky. Yeah, absorbing krill. (laughs) Um... Aang says, uh, hey, you know what? This Teo kid, he's all right by me. And he says, Teo, my man, we're going through that door. Hell yeah. Let's see what's on the other side, my flying brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Katara does not know how to land and swallows a bug. Yep. It's a pretty fun bit. She could not heed the lesson. And she swallows a bug. Mm-hmm. I watched this episode uh, after I watched it the first time. I watched it again in 1.5 speed. And her swallowing the bug is very funny at one and a half times speed. <laughs> she goes, oh, I swallowed bug. <laughs> I'm dying. Somebody help. Oh, my God. I'm choking on this bug. Uh, it's very silly in any speed that you watch it at. But that sounds really good. Yeah. Just panic, panicking over having swallowed a bug. I liked it a lot. That's really good. So if you're going to watch this episode, watch it faster than needed. If yeah. only for that one laugh. <laughs> for that, one, Or at least just speed it up at that part. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't cheat yourself of a enhanced experience. Um, Aang takes them to the airbending door and blows into those big horns. And uh, we get that same really distracting and terrible looking 3D animation that we got the last time we saw these kind of damn doors. Yep. And that's not the only thing in this episode. It's not the last time we'll see something like that, but uh, I am tickled that they had a second chance at making this airbending door look better and they didn't do they it. They didn't. Did they just use the same animation? I wasn't I really it was, paying it close, that close. I, I'm so sure it was exactly the same. <laughs> They already spent the money on it. Look, this is 3D animation. It's 2005. This is the most expensive thing we're doing on this show. We can't do it twice. Maybe that's why they don't have any more of those doors for the other kingdoms. They're like, guys, we really cannot afford to be doing that. They blew through their door budget too soon. <laughs> the rest of them. there's no, That's why in seasons two and three, every time they go inside a building, there's no doors, just open holes. <laughs> No privacy in any place they go to ever again. We don't have the budget for privacy. No, everyone just knows what's going on with each other <laughs> all the time. Good luck taking a shower. Um, meanwhile, Sokka knocks some shit over in the mechanist's office. 
Uh, there's a little model hot air balloon with a rotten egg sitting inside of it. I'm not really sure why the egg was there. Uh, I would say he was using it as weight in the balloon for mm. testing it. Okay, I'll buy that. Mm. Seems a little odd, but uh, yeah, he's got this little balloon. They scramble to find that stinky egg and... They both have an epiphany as they're searching for this very stinky egg. Yep. They say if they put rotten eggs in the tunnels where the gas is, the smell of the eggs will mix with the gas. So anytime they smell rotten eggs coming from somewhere, they'll be able to find the gas leak and can plug it up. Yeah. Which is now solving the problem once and for all. Brendan, I've seen this episode so many times, and every time I get to this exact moment, the wires in my brain get, like, crossed, and I can no longer think straight. Why is that? I'm like, it took me many years to even, like, decipher what they were saying when they're like, oh, if you put the eggs in the thing, you'll smell the rotten eggs, and Mm -hmm. then you'll know where the gas is. And it took me a long time to, like, even... (laughs) figure out the logic behind what they're now I kind of feel like I have a grasp on it but I'm like would would this work I think it probably would yeah I don't think the smell would mix with the gas like they said but the smell would exist in the same place as the gas like I think I think I have a problem with them saying it would mix with the gas Um, I have a problem with that too uh, but otherwise I think that would work yeah because smell and like gas are not the same. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that scent is gas soluble. <laughs> hold, hold on a second. Are smell and gas the same? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, kind of. They're similar, but no, not really. I'm now thinking: Am I wrong? Is my science not factual here? Uh, well, I mean, I smell would be like particles of something. Yeah, right. But can you like? You can't like solidify a smell. I don't know. Uh, I would rather not continue this conversation because now I'm feeling very dumb. This is well, and now you're realizing why I've had such a problem with this portion of the episode over the many years. (laughs) I think the logic is sound. You would need so many rotten eggs spread out all over the goddamn place. So even if you do then smell rotten eggs... It might just be a false flag. Well, like it's just an egg you forgot that you put somewhere. No, you would just need to put them like where the source of the gas is. So like in that room that's all sealed up. You just need to like fill that room because then the, the scent would find whatever like cracks or creases the gas would find. And you would mm-hmm. smell it through that. So like if, if the gas is leaking through the floor, you would smell the eggs coming through the floor. <sighs> I wish you weren't being so logical with me right now, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you doing a bit? <laughs> I it, it was half of a bit, but also kind of half like wishing that I didn't. I just continued to be ignorant of the actual solution here. Just I would have been almost satisfied living the rest of my life knowing that like I didn't know. Oh, uh, well, too late for that now. But it is my fault. I sought answers from you and you were all too willing to give them. So I've, I've kind of brought this destruction upon myself. Yep, yep. Oh, well, (laughs) here we are. There's no going back for me. Um, A bell starts ringing in the mechanist's office and he bolts out of the room 
and it cuts to the sanctuary door swinging wide open. The three of them stare inside the room, and all Aang can say in response to what they are seeing right now is, this is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Which it truly is. No going back from this. No. Nope. <laughs> like, maybe the worst thing that he could have found in this room. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, it's just filled with, like, nasty pornography. Like, really weird, <laughs> kinky shit that, like, Teo has to now live with for the rest of his life, knowing mm-hmm. his dad is into, like, some wacky shit. Yep. I don't know. You could maybe get over that, but it would be difficult. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of therapy. <laughs> it's going to take, yeah, God. Dad's got to find a new, like, wife or something to get him off of this. <laughs> something to keep him distracted. Uh, no, it's somehow even worse than that. The room is just chock full of weapons and machinery that are draped in Fire Nation insignias. Mm-hmm. Even the lighting in this room is, like, bathed in a Fire Nation red. They're all about the vibe in this place. <laughs> It's he definitely installed like some yeah neon lights at the top of the room, the mood lighting so that he can get into the evil fire nation mood when he comes in here. Oh, yeah, I'm really feeling the spirit here. <laughs> Let me get in touch with my bad side. <laughs> um, the mechanist rushes in and Aang points him down and says, you're making weapons for the fire nation. <gasps> Called out. Defend yourself now. (laughs) I knew I should have killed you. (laughs) I had a chance. I didn't take it, but now there's no going back. (laughs) It won't happen again. (laughs) I won't let you slip by once again. Uh, Yeah, this is fucking like a worst case scenario for this guy. We know he's capable of like all these crazy things. And for him to be putting his mind to use for like the enemy is Mm -hmm. just... Just a disaster. And for Teo, even like for Teo to be here for this revelation just makes it even worse. Yep. It sucks. Yeah. For everyone. Rough stuff. You wish, you, you hate to see it. Huh? <laughs> you really do. You make weapons for the Fire Nation? Explain all this now. It was about a year after we moved here. Fire Nation soldiers found our settlement. You were too young to remember this tale. They were going to destroy everything, burn it to the ground. I pleaded with them. I begged them to spare us. They asked what I had to offer. I offered my services. You must understand, I did this for you. Mm-hmm. He slept with them. I, I gave them everything I knew, which was <laughs> a gentle touch from a soft lover. <laughs> But it wasn't enough for them, so then they made me make weapons. And then I did it again because it turns out I liked it. (laughs) The second time was for me. (laughs) Now we kind of have like a weird relationship going on where, you know, they come by to pick up the weapons, but I have a little request of them in return. (laughs) Things are going pretty well for me, Teo. Um. Teo is disgusted by his father's actions. Not the sexual actions, but more of the weapon mm. rebuilding. Yeah. That other stuff, you know, he can kind of understand. He saw the magazines when he came in. <laughs> I know, this is 
honestly a little tame by your standards, father. <laughs> uh, no, he's so disappointed in his father and he turns away from him dramatically. Ooh, it stings so bad. <laughs> no, Teo. No. Oh, oh, what have I done? <laughs> Uh, Back in his office, the mechanist is sulking now that everyone knows he's a humongous piece of shit, including his own son. Mm -hmm. So, play stupid games, get stupid prizes, is what I say. Yeah, yep. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. Uh, Not a great idea. Aang tells him that he cannot keep working for the Fire Nation, but the mechanist's one and a half hands are tied. There's nothing he can do. (laughs) Uh, a bell rings and the Fire Nation is here to pick up their order. So he tells Aang and Teo to hide in his office. Mm-hmm. A trapdoor opens and a platform rises up carrying a sinister looking Fire Nation general. Yeah, who's this guy? I don't know, but he he's all business, baby. Yeah, he needs the stuff. Give me my, my fix, you <laughs> lunatic. And then the mechanist says, all right, but I want my fix, too. And then they engage in consensual coitus. Mm -hmm. Uh, He harasses the mechanist and demands the goods. Uh, They're about to leave the room, but Aang leaps out and slams the door shut and says, the deal's off. Ooh, I've altered the deal. (laughs) Now you're on my terms, you firebending piece of shit. (laughs) I will kill you and everyone else in this room. If I go down, I'm taking you with me. Uh, He recognizes the Avatar and throws about some more threats, but Aang's like, get out of here, and smacks him in the face with an air whip. Mm -hmm. Uh, The general says, the destruction of this temple will be on your head, and he sinks back into the floor. Oh. (laughs) It's very spooky. Got him. (laughs) How will you come back from this? Uh, so now we have to prepare for battle. Mm-hmm. Aang says that they have a chance in this fight because they control the skies. And the mechanist wants to help in this fight and is instantly redeemed by everyone, including his son. Yeah, it's very easy. All he has to he do just, is go, all right, I'll fight them for you or with you. <laughs> I guess I'll help if you really want me to. <laughs> Wow, what a hero you are, Mr. Mechanist. Please, Mr. Mechanist was my father. <laughs> Call me the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have a team meeting where they announce that Sokka has helped the Mechanist get the war balloon working again. Hell yeah. The words war balloon are so enticing to me in this moment. War balloon. I want to see what this baby's made of. (laughs) Probably cloth and metal. Probably, yeah, maybe like uh, some sort of canvas. Mm -hmm. Or I'm showing my ignorance. I don't know what hot air balloons are made of. Uh, Probably some sort of canvas. (laughs) Okay, so maybe I knew exactly what they were made of. Maybe like some kind of like nylon even, or not nylon, but that parachute material. Like a highly flammable paper. Mm -hmm. Yep. Covered in hot oil. Covered in yeah, just to just to make it shine. It looks it looks we, damn good. We like the way it shines. <laughs> yeah. 
You're constantly on a razor's edge between life and death, but goddamn, do you look good in the sky? <laughs> That's what makes it so exhilarating. <laughs> it's it's the thrill. Uh, Sokka describes how the balloon works, and uh, as part of this, he asks, "How do you put a lid on hot air?" Katara does not miss a beat, and she goes, "Ugh! If only we knew." <laughs> she fucking gets him. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. What a tear down of her own brother. <laughs> So good. Uh, Sokka goes on to explain more about how they built the hot air balloon. He says, well, first we saw a balloon and a wooden plank sitting around. So we used Ultra Hand to kind of stick them together. So once we found a fire source, we really got this baby moving. Yeah. Yep. But it was really kind of like steering it that became a problem. You just soared too high in the sky. And then it just disappears. His battery ran out, so Mm -hmm. it didn't really work anymore. I, I've just uh, taken to gluing torches to the inside of the balloons. That's fine. There's, yeah, not that's not really a battery source. That can just go and go and go. Mm-hmm. Until the balloon disappears when it gets too far away from the source. <laughs> Once you ascend into God's kingdom above. <laughs> yep. There's, no, there's nowhere else you can go except straight down to hell, baby. Mm-hmm. We'll all be there someday. Um... Anyway, we've now developed what is the most advanced technology in Avatar The Last Airbender history uh, until something we see that will sur- surpass this in about three minutes time in this television show. Yep. <laughs> so we're really taking leaps and bounds forward in this episode, thanks to the mechanist. Fuck yeah. This guy knows his stuff. Uh, they are armed with four different kinds of bombs. They say they have smoke, slime, fire, and stink bombs. Stinky bombs. They really smell. Never underestimate the power of stink, they say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they ever specifically use the stink bombs in this fight. You know, I'm not sure, actually. Because we know they have slime bombs, and a lot of the ones that they use kind of look like slime. Yeah, yeah now that you mention it. <laughs> I'm not sure that they do use the stinky bombs. And the more I think about it here, let's just keep going on this train of thought. What is a what is a stink bomb? <laughs> well, it's like a little foil packet and you break open the vinegar packet that's inside of it and then it just expands and pops and it smells like eggs. And it just smells. Mhm. But it doesn't have any like physical effect like it doesn't like hurt anything well if it smells really bad maybe they'll they'll get a little sick and they'll plug their noses and kind of wave their hands around in front yeah. of your face and say and they'll, P-U. they'll want to leave they go yucky yucky i didn't sign up for this <laughs> yeah that is a great tactic you know what never underestimate the power <laughs> of stink they're right yep no greater power also i love the idea that they just came up with like the we'll put something smelly in with the gas and now they've already developed stink bombs based around that (laughs) we'll use this smell for like the good of our society but we'll also use it for war for war yeah how can we use this to harm humanity (laughs) yeah that is just the nature of man you know Mm -hmm. make make something and it turns into either something that can hurt or some sort of Sick pornography. <laughs> each Again, day, the, each day we stray further from God's light and closer into Satan's waiting arms. 
Uh, everyone waits outside for the approaching armies until a girl yells, They're coming! Oh no! The fight's on. Uh, Sokka and the Mechanist are running late with the war balloon, but it's go time for everyone else. Uh, Aang and Teo and the rest of the gliders mount up and take off as we see an army of Fire Nation soldiers marching up single file up a series of sloped pathways up to the temple. Brendan, wasn't the whole point of these air temples that nobody else could get to them other than people who could fly? I thought so, yeah, because I thought that's what we had established at the other air temples, that like, oh, there's no way the Fire Nation could have got here. That's why Aang was so sure. Yeah, I don't know. And here they have a pre-designated pathway that they can just casually stroll up i would also think a very good defensive measure for a pathway like that would just be to like put a big boulder at the top of it and just roll it roll it down yeah put like a little plank on one end so it bounces off of that so it can then roll down the other end and yeah straight off the cliff (laughs) a pool bumper or not a pool bumper a uh pinball Pinball? yeah but you have to make sure it makes the noise yeah Yeah, (laughs) god damn these airbenders knew how to have fun huh (laughs) So smart. Um, The uh, flying army descends through the clouds and starts pelting the Fire Nation soldiers with sludgy bombs and huge explosions of smoke. Mm -hmm. Which does cause some chaos in the armies. Uh, Aang also leaps off his glider and creates a air scooter through a patch of snow, uh, which causes a avalanche wiping out a huge chunk of the soldiers. Yeah, they're dead. They are dead. There's a lot of casualties in this fight, mm-hmm. especially with the final maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it never changes, they say. I've heard that. That is what people have said. Uh, Aang yells, We need more slime. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We need more slime. <laughs> Sure, that's not the first time someone said that around Nickelodeon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if a they have enough rain. If they get enough slime, Tony Hawk will show up. If they get enough slime, Danny Tamborelli will have a <laughs> long shower in his future. <laughs> What's he up to these days? I don't know. He's doing well. He's like a voice actor. He was in GTA 5. Yeah, he's the son in GTA 5. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I think he's doing other stuff like that. I don't know. He's, you know... <laughs> He's just living his life. Hell yeah. Good for him. Now, Lori Beth Dinberg, I would like to figure out what she's up to. <laughs> what is Lori Beth? Has anyone seen Lori Beth in a while? She was in a movie. She was in a movie. But it was also like 2006, so it's, it's that not a recent movie. Not that recent, yeah. <laughs> Kel Mitchell, they're doing a Good Burger 2, don't you know? Really? Why? I'm pretty sure it's a Paramount Plus exclusive. Why would they do that? Uh, all about that money, baby. Would people... Uh, you know what? It's our generation. They absolutely would pay to go see that. And Well, it's a Paramount Oh, it's on a Paramount Plus, Plus so they would... Yeah. So they, they just really want people to sign up for Paramount Plus. Can I tell you that I'm considering signing up for a free trial of Paramount Plus to be able to watch Good Burger 2? Yeah, just a free trial, yeah. I did that for Jackass. But I, I did, did the not same continue thing. the trial I, or the the subscription. 
I then signed up for a second free trial when I realized they had the rest of the Jackass movies on there, but I accidentally paid for it, so it wasn't a free trial. And I said, you know what? It was not worth like $12 to watch the other Jackass movies. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I did as well. <laughs> I just watched every Jackass and then Fucking unsubscribed. Paramount Plus, they got us. <laughs> and they'll get me again to see Kel Mitchell back in action. So I've looked it up. Lori Beth, Beth Dernberg is up to. Lori Beth in 2006 was in 18 Fingers of Death, which I've never no, heard of. Not the movie I was thinking of. Uh, that's the only one listed. She's in Dodgeball in 2004. That's the movie I'm thinking of. Uh, yep. Uh, and she was in 2019 in a film called Ham on Rye, which I have mm. never heard of. Not familiar. 2019, you say? Yeah. So that was pretty recent. That's like stunt casting, though. That's like, hey, Laurie Beth Denberg's in this movie. <laughs> and it looks And that's like... why everybody saw it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Laurie Beth. I haven't seen her since 2006. Uh, it looks like the All That cast got together for another show called hmm. the, the Tanopa Five. Uh, hmm? I've never heard of it. Um, but there are quite a few of the old cast. Well, at least Danny and Laurie Beth are in it. I'm not Amanda sure. Bynes. No, Amanda Bond doesn't doesn't act anymore. That's good. You know, let's kind of let her do her yeah, own thing. Yeah, huh? leave her alone. Um, Eric Von Detten. I don't know who that is. That's a guy. Yeah, is, that's a guy. Uh, Michael McManus. Hmm. I I would need to put faces faces probably. to names here. Uh, yeah, but it looks like that was a TV show where they were trying to recreate all that. <laughs> so that's what she's been up to. This is kind of within our demographic, though, you know, the all that crowd. Mm -hmm. All that was a good show. It was a pretty good show. There was the pizza face guy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Everyone wanted to eat his face. There was uh, the uh, Pierre Escargot. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Lori Beth's famous character, the librarian. Uh, This is pretty like scintillating conversation here just naming things that were on all yeah. that huh? member member <laughs> i remember that <laughs> i remember i do remember there was the wizard of oz parody where it was wizard of cause and uh keenan thompson was bill cosby oh my god i don't remember that i'm gonna have to find that you could probably get away with that now huh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Very different feel, I think. <laughs> Having children parody Bill Cosby. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, from the clouds below, dozens of spiked chains shoot up and latch onto the cliffside. And they all watch in horror as crawling up these chains are these very heavily armored tanks that are lifting themselves up into battle. Yeah, uh, these are 3D models, and I hate them. Uh, they kind of suck. Yeah, they're not as bad as the door. No. Uh, but there's a scene coming up where it's like they they have them right up against a 2D character. Mm-hmm. It's like, please, please stop what you're doing. <laughs> Pick a lane and stay in it. <laughs> now, these things are... Coming up, and they're powerless to stop them. Aang looses one of the chains, and a tank starts to fall. But as it falls, it fires another grappling hook up that latches onto the wall and keeps climbing again. Yeah, that's kind of cool. 
Where the fuck have these things been this whole time? Is the implication that the mechanist invented them? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Because Teo has like a line here where his dad was talking about like something in the way these things function. Oh, I must have missed that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So definitely then. No, there these are the design. It leads me to believe that like every single piece of advanced machinery we've seen the Fire Nation use, which has been plenty this to this point, <clears throat> they are by far the most civilized nation. Mm-hmm. Uh industrialized nation. Yes. Um I it leads me to believe that like everything comes from the mind of this one. From man. him? Yeah, maybe. How long they didn't did they say how long he's been here? Uh, Teo was young, but no indication exactly how exactly young. How it's young. been a little while. Yeah. Probably like a decade. Yeah. Okay. That works for me. Uh, in any case, these tanks are bad news for everyone. They pull themselves up over the cliff wall and start riding towards the temple. Um, and through small little windows... There are firebenders hurling huge fireballs at the gliders. It's kind of silly. Yeah, just hanging out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go! uh. (laughs) It is good. It's funny, like, an actual tank design, like, shooting, like, shells, but it's a man, like, throwing (laughs) something. throws it. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty silly. Um. Their bombs are useless against these tanks. Aang lands and whips his staff around, sending a handful of tanks flipping over backwards. Uh, It seems that he has incapacitated them, but the tanks are kind of made with a small cabin in the middle of four large wheels that lift it up off the ground. Like those RC cars that they used to advertise. Yeah. Like on Nickelodeon, even. (laughs) It's all coming back. They could flip over and keep going. Nickelodeon magazine, please. Yeah. Um, I know exactly where. I feel like I even probably owned one of those bad mm-hmm. boys. You know what I did own was the Jimmy Neutron remote control car, where it was just like the little wheel. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much else to say about it <laughs> other than I liked it. Yeah, neat. Um, yeah, the tanks flip upside down, but then the cabin rotates 180 degrees so it's upright again and the wheels keep on moving so these things wobble but they will not fall down oh my god you gotta you gotta balance them on their side to keep them from moving perfectly yeah right on the side of the wheels it's the (laughs) only way teo does have a line here where he recognizes their design based on something his dad was working on so like way to go teo for not Stopping your dad, not picking up on this sooner. Yeah, he's he'd seen him. I'd seen him building all kinds of weapons. I just, I just thought he was throwing them away. I thought he was just having fun. I thought they were construction equipment. <laughs> just another one of his goofy projects. Hey, you know what? That's pretty good cover, though, if you're someone, like, reconstructing this temple, being like, oh, uh, it's for construction. How come I never see you using it for construction, then? Stop asking questions, and he <laughs> smacks him. Cease your investigations, Teo. <laughs> I'm your father. Respect me. Um, He says they may be able to fuck with the counterbalancing system using water. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why not? More science. This one I'm not even going to try to dig into. No, I don't care enough about this one. Same. 
Uh, Katara lands in close near Aang and freezes the snow around the wheels of one of the tanks. And they just kind of like fucking fall off. (laughs) They're very poorly put together. It's so weird and anticlimactic. She just like puts ice on it and then it destroys itself. (laughs) They're not meant to be in the cold weather. Then why did they come here in the first place? I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe the mechanist is like the the guy who designed the Death Star, and he just he put a flaw mm, in it, a fail safe in case yeah. he should ever have to take them out. That's a good point. Um, she takes out another one of these tanks, but there are just simply too many of them. Uh, Appa comes in and knocks some of them away with his mighty skull, and they fly away and think about their next move. As tanks and soldiers march closer and closer to the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all out of bombs now. So as usual on this show, Sokka is their last hope. Uh, and just in the nick of time, the war balloon flies high into the sky behind them. Sokka's here to save the day. Hell yeah. About time. Hey, we missed you, buddy. Thanks for being the Deus Ex Balloonica. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, not not great. Um, it's a big red balloon with a basket carrying huge sacks filled with sludge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they realize that the Fire Nation is not attacking them because their balloon has the Fire Nation insignia on it. Wouldn't, which is kind of fun. Wouldn't the Fire Nation soldiers, though, question like, hey, I didn't know we had a big balloon. Where, Where was, was this? this? Yeah. <laughs> Where were you keeping this whole thing, this thing the whole time? When did we get that? Damn, why can't I have this job? (laughs) I want to be balloon guy. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good question. Like, this was part of our repertoire. We could have been using this for the entire fight. We should have been using it. These things that you have to use a grappling hook to get the tank up a mountain, they're not comfortable. No, no. Impractical. And look at the wheels. They just fall right off they the damn thing. fall right off. And it gets flipped over, so then you're strapped in your chair upside down. Let's get some more of these balloons going, and these uh, pesky little kids are toast. Yeah. This uh, attack does not last long as Sokka cuts loose the sacks of sludge, which splatter around the armies. Uh, but it doesn't seem to stop any of them, and they run out of these big sacks and, like, two seconds yeah it's just goopy like what even is it it doesn't even like break any of the tanks like the ice did it's just slime like it's it's nothing they kind of go oh how inconvenient okay well i'll keep walking to go gross now i'm gonna have to take a shower (laughs) i'm gonna have to take a shower after i spear you because (laughs) i'm i'm still fighting because you have not stopped me no no this was ineffectual uh, as they're flying, though, Sokka and the mechanist smell the stench of rotten eggs. Yep. So they identify there is a gas leak coming from a huge crack in the mountainside. So I guess it's a good thing then um, that nobody was using the stink bombs because then it would have been impossible for them to know just that there been- was a gas leak. Just would have been gas leaks everywhere, in their yeah, opinion. They would have been like, oh, it's super stinky out here. Must be all the stink bombs. They just drop their furnace, like, right in the middle of the snowy field, and <laughs> yeah. it does nothing. Oops. Well, 
<laughs> that was a huge waste of time, and <laughs> that, now we're definitely dead. That was our one shot. <laughs> and we blew it. <laughs> um, yeah, Sokka works to dislodge that furnace powering the balloon, which he says is the only bomb that they have left. Uh, the two of them send the furnace hurtling out of the balloon, uh, hurtling straight into the, uh, I mean, I wrote here in my notes, Brendan, I, I said that they have it hurtling into the stinky crack. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like that? I said that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Thank you. Uh, straight into the stinky crack we go. Let's see how far we can get inside of it. Uh, it clangs around inside that crack for a little bit as everyone watches on, thinking this is their real last hope at survival. And suddenly there's a gigantic explosion all around the base of the temple. Uh, there's a huge cloud of smoke, and when it subsides, the armies are gone, and the tanks have been severed from their climbing chains. The fight is over, and they have won. Yay! All the Fire Nation soldiers are dead. And so many men have been killed in this one <laughs> yeah. attack. Hundreds. So many people were dead because of this <laughs> one thing that they just did. The, oh, the actual war crime they committed. It was horrifying. This is like <laughs> the biggest single, like, taking of lives that we've seen on this show. Yeah, and Sokka has to live with that. He pulled that trigger. That's on him. Yeah, though their blood is all over his hands. And also, like, pretty cavalier of them to drop this furnace into, like, a giant crack in the mountain and not expect that it would also blow up the entire Northern Air Temple itself. It probably should have. Considering they have gas leaks like all over the damn place, the whole yeah. thing is filled with this natural gas. It should just rush through everything. Could have been really cool, actually, if they animated it. We see it blow up like V for Vendetta style. Yeah, you see like the flame rushing down the halls and then it blasts out all the windows. It like runs by Katara's body and she turns into a skeleton. <laughs> like in she Terminator. Dies, she dies twice in this episode. Crazy. Yeah. It's a good thing they, again, resurrect her so she'll be back for the next episode. That's mm-hmm. nice of her. Nice of them to do. It's her healing powers. <laughs> she can't. She just can't. She can't die. I cannot die. This is a curse. I know. Please. I've lived for thousands of years. <laughs> Everyone I've ever known has died. <laughs> I'm the only one left. <laughs> Time enough at last to waterbend. Uh, The rest of these soldiers retreat. Yes, the fight is over. Everyone cheers, but the balloon wildly flies through the frame as Sokka yells, We're going down! Yep. To get a kick out of. It's very dramatic out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Just when you thought it was over, there's one more problem. No, we kind of forgot. If you get rid of the thing that keeps you up, you got to go down. Uh, Aang flies after them. Sokka ties his boomerang off to a rope and hurdles it towards Aang, who catches it in his glider and carries Sokka and the mechanist to safety. So they're mm-hmm. going to be fine. Yeah. No harm done. Nope. Except for whoever this balloon lands on. Just gets crushed by the basket. <laughs> it was a necessary it sacrifice. They have a little post-battle celebration uh, Aang 
says, you know what? I'm glad you people took over the air temple. You're taking care of each other out here. Destroy as much as you want. I no longer care. Tear the whole thing down. (laughs) You've already taken everything from me. (laughs) These people are ghosts. They, they They have no place in my heart. Teo thanks all of them for helping, and Sokka gives a impassioned speech where he goes, as long as we control the air, we'll have the Fire Nation on the run. Yeah, I have to remind you that they have air superiority. We're the only ones in the air, so The only ones who will ever be wrong. in the air. <laughs> We've got air locked down, and everyone <laughs> cheers at the prospect of air power. Hell yeah. This is gonna be great. Everyone cheers except for the mechanist, who turns away and frowns, having realized what everyone else has not yet realized. Mm -hmm. There's one final scene in the episode, and in the woods far below the temple, the Fire Nation has recovered the remains of the war balloon, which is still in pretty good shape. Yep, yep. Might need a few repairs, but... Patch a couple holes. Yeah, uh, and now that they have it, they could just build another one. Just tear this baby apart and see what it's really made of. Mm -hmm. It's not really a lot of pieces to it, actually. It's a balloon with a basket. You'd think that somebody would have figured this out a lot sooner, huh? Yeah. They're not very clever. They're too busy trying to take over the world for the last hundred years. No, there's no time. There's no time to develop mechanisms. That's what we have the mechanist for, is to develop mechanisms. That's his whole deal. Not anymore, though. He's not on their side, but he did give them one final gift with this balloon. Mm -hmm. And we see the same general from before. This defeat is the gateway to many victories. Uh Uh-oh. You put the power right into their hands. We just celebrated how happy we were to be in control (laughs) of the air, and you already blew it. You fucking ruined it. Nice going. Now we're on a level playing field. Whoopsie <laughs> daisy. Uh-oh. Uh, not good news for all of them. The uh, firebenders are bending fire into the balloon and it inflates, filling the screen with the Fire Nation insignia as ominous music plays. Oh, no. Oh, no. I hope this comes back soon. Uh, well, there's certainly a place for it in the show now. You know, the Fire Nation has control, and uh, they're going to make everyone pay. Mm-hmm. And we'll be better off for it, but we won't see it now because the episode has ended. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, Brendan. Uh, the Northern Air Temple. Yes. That's where we have been for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. And how are we feeling about this week's episode? I thought it was kind of fun. I liked to see uh, the uh, this temple all in like <laughs> all fucked up. I thought that was kind of cool. It's cool to see that like the other one looks like it has been untouched for the last hundred years, probably because it's supposed to be impossible for anyone to get there. Uh, but to see this one, like people have moved in and like taken it over and made it their own. It's kind of a neat like contrast to that. Um. And I like that it does feel like we're getting closer, like to the to the the water <laughs> tribe or whatever it is. I like this episode because it is a step towards the thing that yeah. we actually want them well, to do. Well, also, also with the introduction of the balloon and us seeing the Fire Nation get it, that feels like um, building up to like some kind of climactic battle. Like it feels to me that it's starting to ramp towards 
some sort of like conclusion for the season, which I think is good because uh, if we cut nothing until like the season finale and then suddenly everything was happening all at once, I think that would be shitty. So to have what feels like the seeds of like that confrontation, um, which I'm sure is coming, uh, you know, it does a lot. It gets me excited to to keep going with it. Laying some groundwork like the we we know we're almost where we need to be. We know that the Fire Nation is like constantly on their heels. So now, yeah, having everyone kind of. Yeah, ramp up towards exactly what you said, what what feels like the ultimate kind of battle that we're looking forward to. So baby steps, Brendan, baby steps. And maybe now we can take big boy steps. Yep. I had assumed uh, and maybe maybe it still is. I had assumed that Zhao would be like the the boss of this season. And then like they would face off against Zhao and then he would be like gone from the show. Uh, but now with this new guy who we've never seen before, as far as I know, I feel like there might they might like rush the next couple of episodes to try to set him up so Zhao can keep going. Mr. Mean Guy who's mean to the mechanist. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see that. Um I don't think I would hate it if he was like the villain of the season. But it seems like alright, we're introducing a bad guy this late. Um why? Like are I think it's either he's going to be the bad guy uh, for the season or he, they do fight Zhao and defeat Zhao and he's the bad guy for the next season. We haven't had hardly any like named Fire Nation baddies. You know, we have Zhao, we have the Fire Lord and we have Zuko. Mm-hmm. I don't consider Iroh to be a baddie. No. Who I consider I consider him to be a zaddy. Ooh. <laughs> what does I think that everyone mean? would agree. Uh, you know, you could do a little Googling after we're done. <laughs> I don't, should I? I don't know that I want to. <laughs> no, probably. Turn your safe search on anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is, it is always fun to have, like, people just, you know, I, I don't know. The Fire Nation, for the most part, seems kind of just like a faceless, like, group of evil doers where like they are nothing but like an evil entity and they are nothing but like pure power and force. So it is fun to have like a few characters to like humanize them a little bit and kind of like put a little emphasis on like, Oh yeah, like this is, they are bad. And like, this is how like the people on top kind of actually act and treat people and stuff like that. So it is kind of fun to have like this general guy, even if he only has a couple scenes in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's it's entirely possible that this is the only time we see him too. Like, mm-hmm. I guess. <coughs> excuse me. I didn't really count that possibility just now, but that is there too. He's just some mean Fire Nation guy. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Perhaps uh, he'll be a player. Perhaps Zhao will. You know, maybe not be as big a deal coming for. I there's you know there are things to consider here, mm-hmm. Brendan. There's. I'm, just starting to put together some theories for how they could wrap up this season. It is nice that it feels like we are moving towards a wrap up of the season. Not that we're like, you know, sick of it, but we are, we're, we're waiting for what has been promised, mm-hmm. which almost now I'm doing kind of what you almost did a minute ago. We're like, we're, we're stepping over this episode in itself and being like, yeah, 
we're just getting closer to the end. And I, and um, I, yeah, maybe that's not fair. This episode was good. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of my excitement is like what it means for the show. Sure. Yeah, I understand that. And and I am more excited to move on to like those kinds of times, too. This episode was fun. I think the mechanist character is like a fun, crazy goofball. And you kind of need this kind of character archetype, you know, mm-hmm. to have fun with. I like the way he plays with like Sokka, who totally would buy into this kind of guy and like. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, oh, I want to be around this guy and I want to be this guy. Yeah. Their whole B plot was very fun to just have them both getting very excited about <laughs> random ideas the whole time. It was very silly and it was kind of fun to have Aang like go through the motions of like, oh, perhaps there's airbenders and be like, these guys can't hang. And then by the end of the episode being like, yeah, you guys are all right. You're all honorary air nomads. I'll take you under my wing. I'll teach you everything I know, except none of you actually have the powers to make it happen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Completely unrelated thought, but it's something that I started thinking about during this episode. Uh, All the air iron nomads are dead except for ang mm-hmm. but we know that the avatar powers pass between the the tribes or the the peoples what does it what happens if if one of them is completely gone it's like ang dies and it moves on to the next person and now there are no airbenders mm-hmm. what happens then it's a pretty good question huh yeah it's kind of a scary thought to think that with Aang's death, there's no one else who even has the not only the ability, because theoretically, the next Avatar will have the ability to airbend. They just won't know how to do it. Won't have any of the training necessary. Yeah, and they couldn't true. pass that ability on. No, you have to, you kind of have to learn. I mean, even we just saw Aang last week, he had the natural power to mm-hmm. firebend, but absolutely none of the necessary like skills to use it effectively yeah i'm i mean more like in the sense of your bending type is kind of genetically based sure like only people born into those tribes or peoples can do that kind of bending sure even if there was another avatar and they could airbend they can't pass on the airbending gene i think they would still just be their base (laughs) like whatever they started as there can't like there literally cannot be any more airbenders. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to figure out where you're coming from. Well, no, no, no. Like if because I know that there will be more. Uh, in Korra, there are a shitload of the little fuckers running around. Um, but like if if are can they just be born? Like, does it? I don't know. I guess I don't know how it works. Maybe Korra does answer that. But I so just kind of assume can that they, they just were, like pop up naturally? Yeah, like, like if they all die, does it just like a a section of like the water tribe get broken off into now they're the new air tribe. So like if you live in a place and are of a culture, Mm -hmm. like you are specifically locked into being a bender of that culture. Like, is there any possible way that someone just out there in the wild living wherever, Mm -hmm. like somebody living in the middle of the earth kingdom could be like a firebender or like some random shit. I don't well, see. That's what I'm saying. I don't think would happen. It seems to me that like, like it is locked into. It is locked in. Yeah. Like so, anyone, someone born of like water bending parents could not be a firebender. Like they wouldn't be born a firebender. Hmm. Um. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. You know, I'm following now. I am following you now. Okay, <laughs> it took me a little while to get there. Uh, so with with there being no Airbenders currently, mm-hmm. say Ang dies, it passes on, and then the next three die very quickly. Like, and it should go back to Airbending, but there are no Airbenders. Mm. What happens to the Avatar powers? Does it skip, or is it lost forever because there's no one else for it to go to? It does seem a little silly that, like, the Avatar has to belong to a specific nation, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of understand why they do that, but also it does, like, lock us into a thing where we have yeah. to assume that, like, there is some sort of replenishment of airbenders for this thing to be able to persist yeah, in the future. To, yeah, because I think I, I've seen that episode of Korra where they explain how it started, and that is the rule. Like, it has to be shared Sure. But like, so does that break the contract if if there's no one for it to go to? Uh, some sort of weird cosmic contract. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. It's just something that I started thinking of <laughs> while I was thinking about how all the airbenders are dead except for Aang. There are many implications for, yeah, Aang... The show is Avatar The Last Airbender, and like, you don't really think about that part of the title very often is Aang being like the last airbender. Mm-hmm. So what, yeah, there, there's so much that needs to happen for like the future of not only like airbending as a skill, but also like the way that the avatar has functioned forever. There's so much that needs to happen between now and then for things to like keep running smoothly. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, I see what you're kind of trying to say. Unless it is possible for like an airbender to be born into like a different like into the earth kingdom but they just never know that they're an airbender because they never see anyone doing it nobody can teach them right so it's like it's there but nobody can access it because they just don't know so i don't know i I, i'm wondering if these are answered so these are questions i'm gonna hold on to even if i knew the answers i wouldn't give them to you yeah i would hope not Uh, No answers for you, Brendan, but we have all the answers we need out of the Northern Air Temple. The Northern Air Temple. I guess. I don't know. It's a fine episode. I think we had enough fun. Yeah, I thought it was good. We're just, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm ready to get to the good stuff. I liked uh, specifically just to to give the episode something, because I feel like we are kind of like shooing it away like. I There's really so liked, else. <laughs> yeah, I really liked the uh, the scenery, like the background scenes in this episode, mm-hmm. like all the crazy pipes busting through all the walls. Sure, I thought that was some of the more fun, uh, like area design we've had. Kind of spinning a thing that we've seen of like all these mm-hmm. places full of murals and like beautiful art and architecture. Like, yeah. what if we put a little bit of modern works into them? What if we try to kind of yeah like put technology into yeah like history and stuff like that and it kind of it kind of makes the temple itself into like almost a character in the episode like yeah to see it this way it's kind of fun there we're finally taking those strides towards a more modern civilized world that i know (laughs) you've been dying for us to take because it seems like nobody else is trying to do that because nobody's trying to advance anything for some reason, we're all stuck in the past, and everyone seems very comfortable with They're that. content. Yeah, that's the problem. Let's not advance anything. The mechanist is the only one out here trying. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that is a fun part of this episode. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're kind of, <laughs> I think we're kind of done with things to say yeah. about this episode. It was fine. It was, we had a good time. Yep. Good stuff. And uh, we're looking forward to what the show holds for us in these few final weeks we have here in season one of Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Uh, no emails for us this week, Brendan. Uh, if anyone out there wants to send us an email, gotarecap at gmail.com is the email address. Let us know your thoughts on Avatar. Let us know your thoughts on this episode of Avatar or any other episode we've talked about. Uh, or any of your thoughts on like the weird, crazy implications of airbenders in this world and <laughs> how cool it would be if someone could just wake up one day in the middle of like the water tribe and say, hey, I'm an airbender, mom and dad. Whoa, not in my house, not under my roof. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> and no tattoos either. Oh, man. <laughs> Gotterecap at gmail.com. Uh, also head to at Gotterecap on social media. You can send us your thoughts there. Uh, head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Drop us a five-star review of the show. That would be super cool and super helpful as we move into, yes, what are these last few weeks of the season for us? So we'd like to, you know, kind of pump up the ratings of the show, get more people involved for what promises to be, you know, the big climactic finale before we kind of move on to the next phase of the show, huh? Yeah. So uh, thanks in advance for doing that for us. We really super appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yes, Brendan, the uh, mechanist, huh? Uh-huh. Guy sure loved to tinker. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm going to tinker with my notes for episode 18 of Avatar before we talk about them next week. Does that sound like a good idea? That sounds like a great idea. Well, then that's exactly what I'll do. And I hope everyone appreciates my tinkered notes. <laughs> what a mess. Uh, we'll see you all then. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.